Whoa there, space cowboy. Brokeback Bebop is a podcast with explicit content intended only for mature bounty hunters. Listener discretion is advised. Listen to all 40 steamy sessions of the show right now by supporting Brokeback Bebop at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. I think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay. Three, two, one. Penguins. No! Do you know that one? Do you know three, two, one penguins? I love three, two, one penguins. Nice. Okay. Hi, everybody out there. Welcome to another week of Brokeback Bebop. Through the world of Cowboy Bebop. I'm Zach, and as you know, I am your newbie to the world of Cowboy Bebop. I'm experiencing all of this for the first time along with my good pal, Steven, who is a expert when it comes to anime and the world of Cowboy Bebop. Would you call yourself that, an expert? I think I'm fairly well-versed in, yeah. in the anime world. In sure. the bebop verse, well right. versed in the verse. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here doing it with you. I'm glad to have someone to to hold my little hammy fingies mm-hmm. along this this bumpy path that I that I've not traversed before. Yeah, don't worry. When we when we cross the the great bebop bridge in the sky, Zach, I'll be holding on to your whittle hand the whole time. A wop bop, a bebop, a wop bam boom. <laughs> Sorry for that, guys. Steven, how are you today? It's good to see you. I'm doing well, you know. It's it's bright and early. I'm here with you. We're traveling through space and time, and and I'm excited to talk about one of my favorite episodes of the show. Yes, we're talking about Session 12 of Cowboy Bebop. It is Jupiter Jazz Part 1. Our first... We've had a couple episodes, like the, the two episodes where mm-hmm. Faye came into the mix were like almost a two-parter, but this is the first one that is a Part 1 and a Part 2. So that's interesting. It's my first one of these, and there's a couple throughout the series. Yeah. The episode was storyboarded by Tensai Okamura. It was directed by Yoshiyuki Takai, and it was written by Kiko Nobumoto. In Japan, the episode originally aired on May 22, 1998, and here in the U.S. it was on October 8, 2001. Steven, did you write any trivia down? Did you do any trivia? I do for this have one? a couple trivs for you today. I wrote down one single question. I've just got one. So you All go right, first. I've got three for you, so I'll I'll ask one or two. How much red eye did Vicious want? Mm. Well, I remember it was thirty thousand a gram or three hundred thousand a gram. Mm-hmm. And eighteen? Was it eighteen grams? Uh, he wanted seventy five hundred grams. Oh my god, yeah. I remember the part, but I, I did stupid. Fuck. <sighs> Um, I'll ask you one more. I'll whip myself uh, after the show to pay what, penance. What did Faye do before leaving the Bebop? She sucked out all of the antifreeze. Mm-hmm. So it was really cold or really hot? It was really hot. And it would be like that for like a day or two. Mm-hmm. Is there more? Yeah, she did another thing. Oh, and she took all the, she took the safe. Yeah, she emptied out the safe. You may ask your question now, Zach. Thanks for the permission, 
You're welcome, Admiral buddy. Steven. <laughs> aye, aye. Uh, my one question, what happens if someone sneezes and no one says, take care? Oh, you turn into a fairy. Yeah, and that happened early on in my career, <laughs> and a fairy I remain to this day. <laughs> Every you got time... one more? Yeah, I have one more. Were you about to tell a story? Did you say one time? No, I was going to say every time oh. Zach swivels in his little chair, glitter flies around. It's very pretty. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, how much money does Vicious bring to the deal? Oh, my God. I don't know. A lot. He says 32000 Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Those are my three questions. That's Zach. how you know he's a bad guy because his name is Vicious. It's That's true. You know. No, don't call me Vicious. Don't call me, honey. Honey. <laughs> honey. <laughs> all right. So that that other trivia we have for today? That's all I got. I didn't write wow. no shit. Well, Zach, you know, what, you know what that means? Yeah, it's been a great week here at Brokeback Bebop. <laughs> uh, everyone's favorite five-minute-long Cowboy Bebop <laughs> podcast. We'll see you next week. It's time to find out, Zach. Yeah. Through the medium of everyone's favorite segment. Yeah. Did... Zach comprehend the episode this week. That was an interesting read on it. Yeah, I, I, I tried to bounce around a little you bit, trying to get creative. In. Sure. Yeah, I was trying to, you know, get a little zany, put a little zhuzh on it, put a little oh uh, behind uh, it, you know. Yeah. Well, stank. Uh, yeah. Uh. Uh. The, the part of the show where Zach has twenty seconds to convey to me the all-powerful. The inevitable, mm. if he comprehended the episode this week. How are you feeling, Zach? This is part one of two, so you should have half the content of a, of a normal storyline, because we only get halfway through them. Yeah, this is the part of the show where everyone gets to hear what it's like to hear someone have a scheduled panic attack every <laughs> week. Um, well, here, it's an interesting challenge, because it's the first half of a story in which I don't know the second half. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Some of the stuff might be more relevant than I think, and some of it might be less relevant mm-hmm. than I think. I have no idea. Um, I have like a little bit of an idea of some stuff I'd like to say, but I don't know. It's up in the air. I could get an F because I. You're like, how could you not m- miss the the in the corner in the corner the plant the plant the that was the in plant the corner was very important yeah Zach. that kind of thing that's so we'll Julia Julia is the plant yeah okay okay well twenty seconds on the clock Zach I'm gonna give you a countdown and at the end of that countdown I'm gonna say yeah. the word go when I Thank say you the so word much go for explaining honestly as soon as you oh, hear shit. a g yeah you're good to start like that's okay. a little bit of gray area that i don't okay, think well, you take advantage start, of so are you do you start the timer as soon as you start the go no i start the timer after the go because when i do it for you i kind of go three two one go, go. start yeah, yeah i do as well okay yeah there's also a delay so i gotta allow you know right mm-hmm. right no i started so the take second. advantage to that <laughs> when i say three that timer's going i'm actually counting the numbers yeah. that i'm seeing uh, <laughs> and we're doing Mississippi's right. It's gonna be one Miss. I do one thousands. B two one yeah, and right. a half Mississippi. Uh, anyway, Let three. Let me take a sip of water. Let me take. Oh me take a sip wow! Of water. Wow! Look at him stretching it out, pulling it like Kathy. <laughs> All right, three, two, one, go. Faye runs away from home and robs the place in the process, and the bebop is breaking up. 
Spike is going after his ex-lover, but really gets closer to his ex-nemesis in the process and closer to getting himself shot. Meanwhile, Faye develops a flirt mance with a saxophone player who ends up being a trans and connected to Vicious. Uh, do Stop. I still have time? Okay. Because I kind of feel like I did pretty well. I'm gonna give you a hard stop at 19 and a half seconds. I didn't get. Zach, I, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say. I didn't get anything about uh, 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 Jet. Sure, sure. You, you didn't get the Jeff and Spike. Tip. Jeff. Jeff. I said Jet. Jet. You and said Spike. Jeff. I, I said heard a, Jet. There was a strong fu. It's because I'm always almost anyway, saying fuck go, you go at the end of all my sentences. You. Um, <laughs> you're just digging a hole, Zach. Yeah. That was great. You got Faye's storyline. Everything that I wanted from it. Uh, gave me Spike. You slipped Vish in there. I Only wanted things... to say something about the the gender of the place where they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you missed, you missed Gay World. Uh, you missed, you know, the, the drug deal. But that stuff yeah. is more secondary to what's going on. I, I'm going to give you an A-. minus. Oh, your internet really lagged. Good. I just heard minus. A minus? Was a that minus. A minus? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I felt better about it than I thought. I wasn't expecting. That was, I was really good. I'm proud off. of you. Nice. Let's talk about the episode and keep in mind, in this conversation, it'll be a little bit tough. You've got to be on tippy toes a little bit. I will I only discuss this episode. have Zach. not seen the second mm-hmm. half, so we need to discuss a lot. I want you to first start with, you said this was one of your favorite episodes. Do you mean yes. this part one episode specifically is one of your favorite episodes? I always think of it as a part one, part two, but I love part one. Hmm. Like, of the episodes we've tackled so far, I think there's maybe one or two that I like more than part one of this. Wow. Tell me a little bit about why. I think that this is just a gorgeously, like, framed episode. I love when, even though the Bebop, like, they're from, you know, different backgrounds, they're linked only by the fact they live on the ship together sometimes. Even when they split up and separate, they still end up coming back together. You know, and Jet, regardless of why he's saying he's going after Faye, you know, it's, oh, it's for the money she took from the safe. Sure. But he also, you know, Jet has come in to aid and help when he didn't need to a lot of times so far in the mm-hmm. show. And I think that's what he's doing here. I really love the moment. Like, I think, and I wrote this down, one of my favorite, like, I think really powerful and iconic imagery in this episode, because there's a lot, that, especially for Cowboy Bebop fans, is very, like, iconic about this episode. Sure. But Break it down for me. For me, nothing stands out and says, like, the vibe of Cowboy Bebop that I like the most. Like, the when you first see Faye in the bar, and that song is mm-hmm. playing on the saxophone, it's repetitive, it's long, it's drawn out, but it's still, like, beautiful. There's, like, the shots of her smoking the cigarette, the weird lighting, the different... I, I love it. Like, the mystery of even, like, the saxophone It's, like, artsy and sexy black. and mysterious. I love it. It is sexy. It's, like, creates a smoky, like, kind of vibe, and I'm I'm all about that. Romanticized, yeah. Right? And I think... It almost this, has, like, a like a noir yeah. vibe a little bit. Yeah. And I think this show does that really well. That's something that the live action tried to do and got very wrong. Is they tried I can't to create wait. that vibe. I'm so excited to yeah. probably not like that. That's gonna <laughs> it's be gonna fun. be fun, especially watching it right after watching the show. It's gonna be fun. Mm. I think that this also gives us almost asks more questions than it answers, which makes sense. It's part one of a two parter, and it kind of feels like that. But we hear this name Julia a lot this episode, and I think it it speaks volumes. How as soon as Spike heard that name, 
even if it's a chance that it's this person, he's like dropping everything, burning every bridge he has name. to. I'm yeah. pretty sure Jet says that at one point. Like, Julia's a pretty common It's like, name. that name's all anybody. over the place. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, fuck it, I gotta go. And ends up running into Vicious. And I like that, you know, we also get introduced. I've said many times how much I love that these characters lived lives before we got to this point. So we have, you know, a character that's introduced, Lynn who probably was like a, a kid when Spike was in the syndicate, you know, I mean, that was, you know, three years and some change ago, however long, but there's a real sense of time having passed. Yeah. And so we have this moment where Spike's like getting a gun point at him by somebody who probably used to look up to him. And it's a, it's an interesting little switch. And I'm obviously more used to American animation, which mm-hmm. very much keeps like a status quo all the time. Yeah. Time doesn't really pass, or when it does, it's usually small and vague. So mm-hmm. it is interesting for a for a anima- animated show like this to really have a history like that. Mm-hmm. I do really like that. Well, um, I like that it even calls back to the history of the own show, which they don't normally do. But, mm-hmm. you know, Vicious and Spike, they're like, we got to finish. We didn't finish what we started last time when we, you know, blew up and jumped out of a building. Yeah. You know, so there's a sense of weight and a sense of understanding that this is a life or death fight. Yeah, whether it ends up being or not, there's a real this is the final reckoning about it kind of thing. And at least as far as this episode goes, we've still got a little bit of time and this is already jumping to the end. Spike gets shot at the end. There's not much of a fight. The action sequence in this episode is a little bit earlier in the episode than that. It's a little Mm -hmm. bit climactic, of course, because our main character gets gravely injured, uh, uh, assumedly, Mm -hmm. but also a little anticlimactic because he just gets shot. Yeah. How did you feel watching this for the first time? Obviously, you didn't know that that was about to happen. Did you like? Obviously, we're halfway through the show, so you're not going to think, "Oh, Spike's dead." That's what it is. It's hard with stuff like that Mm -hmm. because I know that there's. 14 or whatever episodes left and even this episode has a part two and spike's probably Mm. not gonna die yeah i'm like you're mentioning i'm a lot more intrigued in the smaller details that we're getting in this episode and how the drive against each other is so clear between jet and vicious but the history is still kind of cloudy and vague Mm -hmm. as to i don't know i i don't know not some i feel like there's still a lot more to learn about why they specifically have so much ill will towards each other. Am mm-hmm. I wrong in that? There's definitely more to learn, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Obviously, the shot is a shot. It's a great... It's almost as close to a literal cliffhanger as you can yeah. get. Our, our main character is in the... the he Spike, he moves like water, as he said before. Mm-hmm. He it, it has seemed to be this little weaselly, rascally, uh, almost less like something other than human, something that moves different than a, than a, your regular person does. Mm-hmm. He, he seems so unstoppable. He seems so unhurtable. And here he's just been shot real easy. He is yeah. a person, and, and that's all it takes. And our, our main group at the center is also a little bit fractured, so they're not here to, to dive in with the spaceship and save them like they have been before. Yeah. Um, so I am very intrigued to see what happens next. And I would say at least so far... This episode wasn't one of my favorites so far, mm-hmm. and it's because it's the first half, yeah. and I have no idea what happens in the second half. Totally. We haven't even talked yet about what technically would be the A-plot, because the whole episode is kind of framed around Faye leaving the Bebop. Sure. Faye goes off on her own adventure. As we discover later on, Faye 
leaves before she can be hurt by people. She has trouble getting attached, which which fits a lot with her character. And you can see that already. I mean, yeah. even from little situations like leaving Ed behind, mm-hmm. that she is all for joining a team or like committing to something yeah. in words, but as soon as like anything is asked of her, she's out. She's out. Yeah. And so she like runs off to this uh, planet where there's only men. Maybe not planet, but this uh, place where there's only, mm-hmm. you know, men there, or so she believes. And so she's escaping. She's drinking at a bar. She's, you know, whatever. She's listening to the saxophone player. And Faye is, is pretty flirty normally. She's probably like, okay, I need someplace to crash, someplace to stay. Ends up getting sick. So important thing from this episode, mm-hmm. there's two of the, like, three iconic Cowboy Bebop drinks in this episode. Okay. When Faye's sick, he makes her, like, a warm, like vodka drink to like okay, help with sure. her cold sure and then we haven't talked much about jet but jet when he goes into the bar yeah. they all end up in the same place which is funny yeah. but jet goes to a bar um, and orders a cowboy mm-hmm. but the bartender at first thinks he's looking for like a bounty hunter and he's like oh no no we don't have any of those here yeah yeah he's yeah. like no the drink and he's like oh you're not a bounty hunter then if you're getting a cowboy which i don't remember exactly what's in a cowboy it might have like milk in it or something but um yeah and so that whole scene is kind of funny where he's thinks Jet is like on the run. Yeah, that was a funny bit. Yeah. But but Faye, she mm-hmm. ends up going with this uh guitar player who she's like, Okay, this guy's, you know, kinda of mysterious. Player. I mean saxophone player. Guitar player. Sorry, he had a case. Oh sure. yeah, because because the same gang that Spike in a really cool scene, which I like mm-hmm. because there's no music in it, which adds mm-hmm. to the intensity because it's like Spike is pissed because they just thought he was vicious and he hears that name yeah. and gets like Oh, I'm about to fuck shit up. He's like, so, I'm the opposite of that. Yeah, so Spike kicks their ass, and then they start to get their ass kicked by Faye, but end up getting their ass kicked by the saxophone guy. Hmm. So then Faye's like, okay, let me go back to your place. And he, like, warms her up, makes her a drink. And, you know, he's like, I'm going to take a shower, do my thing. And While that happens, Faye sees on the television. Mm-hmm. Well, no, she gets a phone call. Phone call, sorry. And I was it, thinking of the, the mm-hmm. when we get the... I, what's the little show called? The Bounty uh, Show? Yeah. Because we see the saxophone yeah. player on... Mm-hmm. What's it called? Fuck. You, you've got to know this, because I, I almost know it. It's not Yeehaw. No. Sorry. But uh, I was thinking that she saw the show. You're right. She gets a phone call. Mm-hmm. Big Shot. Big Shot. Yeah. It's like Big Buck Hunter. Yeah, exactly. Shout uh, out. Sees that... The, what's the guy's actual name? Or their actual uh, name, the saxophone player? Something. It's like Ezra something. It's like three yeah. parts. It's like Neil uh, Patrick Ezra Harris Miller. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It learns that this person is connected to Vicious, so now Faye is scared and and defensive and mm-hmm. goes up on them in the shower with a gun. But sees. from there, sees that they have a female body, mm-hmm. female curves, titties, yeah. the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And we see uncensored nudity in the show. That's a first. Yeah, the '90s were pretty willy nilly with throwing some breasts on the screen if they need to. Not so common anymore. Or is it? Is the nudity pretty much reserved for the the pornier anime nowadays? So that's actually censorship in anime has come uh, up a lot lately because there's really? like um, specifically one that, and this is an anime, not a hentai. It's very etchy, which means very kind of risque, a lot of fan servicey things. But it's called World's End Harem, and the plot of the show is literally. Every guy on Earth has died except for the ones that were, like, cryogenically frozen because they had some sort of, like, 
sickness that wasn't cured yet. And mm-hmm. of those, some of them are like waking up and are not dying instantly. So they have to repopulate the earth because all the dudes are dead. And that show has a lot of nudity in it. But when imagine. it was released in the U.S. on major streaming things, really censored. they censored it like heavily. Like it, like the first episode came out, and then they stopped releasing it so they could edit the whole season and then release it. Now you can still watch the regular version on different sites. Other and than trust Crunchy me, World. I have. I yeah, I watched the first few episodes. The show's really bad. It's like painfully bad to watch. Like I, it wasn't even enough for me to get through more than like a handful of episodes. Not even sexy enough for that. Not even sexy enough for that. But most shows that toe the line don't cross the line, I'll say. But every once in a while, you'll have some where they they have some boobage. How old were you when you saw Cowboy Bebop for the first time? Did you see it as a kid? I watched it some as a kid, but I like when I actually watched through it all and understood it, it I was an adult. Do you have any memories of childhood first seeing some like anime-type nudity Uh, and it making an effect on you? Is that something you had the experience of at all? Not really growing up. I feel like... Because we all have, like... We're just old enough to where we didn't have complete access to internet porn right away when we were starting to come into Mm -hmm. our sexualities. So I had the experience of, like... I had a DVR. Nice. I knew a couple of the best movies for titties. Uh Uh-huh. And I knew, like, what section of the movie had the titties... And I kept it on the DVR for forever. So I was yeah. curious if you had any young Steven anime dirty See, boy I, moments. Not anime. I was a little later to that party. I didn't find my true love. I didn't realize my love for the 2D women until I was a little older. You know, so I was hoping it would explain a little bit about you as an adult. You would think. Didn't. Really, like, my earliest cartoon like crushes, though, were like the Hex Girls were sure. big for me. Shigo, of course. Yeah, Shigo. <laughs> I saw Dexter's mom could get it. Okay, know. sure. She was yeah. thick. She had that. A lot of the moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miss. Well, Incredible. anyway, that's my favorite titty movie was the uh, the film Role Models. Nice. With Sean William Scott and that's good. Who else was in that? Paul Rudd was Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd in that? Yeah. There's a couple good titty moments mm, in that. Movie. I uh. Freddy Probably versus still Jason. DVR at my parents' house somewhere. Uh, started. Oh, really? With a good, with a good one. Like right at the beginning of the movie, easy access. Okay, so while we're still on <laughs> Jupiter Jazz Part One, yeah, I would like for you now to kind of give me a spoiler-free rundown of things that I specifically need to hold on to to remember for next week. Obviously, remember Julia. There's a cool thing that I wanted to point out. So the mm-hmm. middle of the episode, like commercial break card. Is mm-hmm. normally just like says Cowboy Bebop, but this oh, but one, this one it said the new genre, the new work be... which will become a genre unto itself will be called Cowboy Bebop, which is a pretty infamous little line of text because that's what in the opening the pitch for the show that's written yeah. down several times, and that's the pitch for the show. It's kind of like the idea behind it is Cowboy Bebop is its own genre, and I think that is pointed out a lot in this episode because it's like a noir, jazz, mystery, drug action adventure comedy i guess that's pretty apt i would yeah say. so it, it it checks all those boxes which especially at the time there was nothing anything like this that was coming out anywhere what are the 
counterparts at this time what is really pop do you know what was really popular um, in the so anime this is world late, in the late 90s. 90s so evangelion was really pokemon big so going on at this time uh pokemon was getting started but it wasn't the the craze i didn't know evangelion was, was that old evangelion was like 94 hmm. so mecca's huge right now so gundam okay. evangelion okay, sailor moon sure. is pretty big sure shonen so like this is probably early strong sailor dragon moon ball dragon ball been, is sailor moon kind of aimed towards children a little bit more yeah so sailor moon is a shoujo which is aimed towards girls age like 7 to 17 and it it isn't just that that's like limiting it but i I was thinking more sailor moon before pokemon would have been that kind of Mm -hmm. like what the kids were really into yeah kids are probably really into like dragon ball around this time dragon ball and gundam sure gundam they still do a gundam yeah there's like eight different breakoffs of gundam i've not dived fully into Gundam since I was a kid yeah. so I don't don't know all the stuff but Gundam is like good so what is it that you're saying I I kind of know but what is it that you're saying makes Cowboy Bebop such a thing of its own in, in I that think the world? focus on the stylization I think it also was like taking place in space but not using giant robots so that's <laughs> that's something um, there aren't really like to reality yeah every now and then I'll poke fun at things in the show that don't Mm-hmm. gel is realistic to me but when we're talking gundam comparably to like dragon ball it's yeah very realistic sure i think it also was a lot darker than a lot of anime that was popular now there's a lot of darker 90s anime like obviously berserk and stuff was was out around then and that's about as dark as it gets but this was like an accessible dark anime and i think what also was a big boom is this was one of the early like really big successes on adult swim and so that popularity sure. in the U.S. Tsunami. was was big because it yeah. was one of the first more adult-oriented shows to get really popular in the U.S. And it's quite adult. Mm-hmm. It is. This show is not aimed at or for kids. Without ever feeling hammy or purposefully mm-hmm. adult, yeah. it, it's just like it, it takes place in a seedy world. Whereas I think a lot it. of stuff that tries to get made like this ends up being too, like, edgelord, like, my parents were killed by my brother's kiss, kiss, kiss teacher. Like, I don't know. I just said <laughs> words next to each other, and they happen to be kiss and teacher, so there we go. <laughs> so my therapist me, will unpack that no, for a let's, while. <laughs> let's, let's unpack it a little bit here, so tell me. What is the job of a kiss, kiss, kiss teacher? <laughs> I think you just, did, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. They yeah. kiss, they kiss, they kiss, they teach. Okay. Uh, what else do I need to remember from this episode going into the next one? I wouldn't even mind if you want to give me a little bit of a refresher crash course because it's been a little while since I've also seen The Ballad of Fallen Angels. Yeah. Of what's going on with Spike and Vicious. Okay, so Vicious and Spike, they used to be partners. Now they're nemeses. You don't really know why they had a falling out, but we kind of get a a peek into... Because Julia's probably got something to do with it. Yeah, Julia's related to this, definitely. I think that... Did Just, we kind of see that in the Ballad of Fallen Angels that that, that there was a girl? Was yeah, with, they like showed. Yeah. Her. I don't know if they mentioned her name at that point. Okay, maybe they did. I don't know. We knew her more as like the girl that nursed. Yeah, Spike back, Spike to, back to health or health. whatever. Yeah. And also, it'll clear up that timeline because in like the flashbacks in that episode, the timeline's mm-hmm. very unclear, and that's right. intentional. That gets cleared up a good amount the next episode. Not entirely, cool. but at least Looking forward to it. a good amount. And we also get to like find out more about Faye and Spike next episode, I think. We get to to have some cool stuff with them. 
and this is one of the first times where the episode has ended with the the crew not all together. I mean, it's a two-parter, sure. but so we have to see if they can all get back together the way they were before. You know, we don't Ed and Ein are manning the ships, Jets in a in a bar with a sleepy cop, and Faze uh, pushed up against a wall with some boobies in her face. So what's going to happen? Mm. Faze definitely winning in yeah. that competition. She's 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 in first. Okay, well, I'm excited to see what happens next week. But before we get to it, we've got to talk about who the captain yeah. of the Bebop is for this week. I want you to go first because I haven't put that much thought into it. Sure. So I think that for me, it's it's there's a couple options. I, I think that it's a great Spike episode. It's a great Faye episode. I'm going to go slight edge to Spike for this one for me because, one, I think having a dead guy drive your ship would be pretty exciting. Because, like, you can't really hit anything because it's space, so where do we end up? I want to see where fate takes us. Um, but also, I think Spike single-handedly fighting that whole crew of people was pretty badass. Mm-hmm. And that alone gets him some bonus points for me. Yeah, but he also got shot, so that takes away about 100. I'll give it to mm-hmm. Faye. This nice. is a good Faye episode. And yeah. I don't always love the character of Faye, so it's nice to see her in a vulnerable mm-hmm. position. Yeah, uh, And it's nice to, I don't know, see a kind of a slightly different shade of the character, even though it is annoying as shit that she like stole all the money and rent. Mm-hmm. Very excited to see how things run out next week and in the weeks ahead. I feel like the second half of the show is going to go by really, really fast. The first half sure has. Yeah, I'm excited. This has been a blast. I'm really looking forward to next week. Well, let's kill about a minute. What's on your mind in the in the bebop verse right now? I want to give a little shout out to Faye's abs when she was on the couch. <laughs> Girl been putting in work in the gym. You know, I mean, that diet of eating almost nothing all the time probably helps keep the water down. You know, I wonder, they're in space so much. Yikes. Do you think they have to, like, consume a lot of calcium? Are they doing okay? Like the Bebop crew? Because I don't Why, see them eating drinking a lot of What's your train of thought? Why that calcium? Well, because for... when you're in space, your bone yeah. density decreases because you don't have gravity sure. on you all the time. Sure. So you got you to gotta drink a lot of calcium. Astronauts hmm. lose, like a bunch of bone density when they go to space and come back. And they're going to space all the time. So, I mean, That's true. I really hope they have a solid calcium regimen. Yeah. That they're taking at least, like, a supplement. Yeah. would be really great, mm-hmm. you would think. I and mean, Ed is, is growing. Yeah. Gotta, gotta milk it up. Yeah. And Ed's skinny, too. Yeah. Skinny legend. They gotta feed that boy some calcium. Mm-hmm. Milk, all milk right. Bones. Well, I guess... That's a good of a way as any to end this shit. Everybody, <laughs> go get yourself a nice, healthy spoonful of calcium. You've really earned it. Yeah. Uh, take care of those bones. Crunch some bones for us. Well, everybody, this has been really fun. We'll see you next week. We'll be back for for Jupiter Jizz Part 2. Can't wait. Hey, yo. Bye, everybody. Bam, bam, bam. Police walk in for Jimmy Jazz. I said he ain't here, but he sure went by. Oh, you're looking for Jimmy Jazz. Yeah, they say, got the Masagana. Thanks for listening. Support this show and our podcast network at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast, where starting at $5 a month, you can get immediate access to all 40 outrageous sessions of Broke Back Bebop. See you next time. Space Cowboy. Let's go!